During Lent at Kenilworth Union, we are preaching this sermon series called God's Odd Benedictions about Jesus' Beatitudes from the Sermon on the Mount. So thank you, choir, for singing our scripture text so beautifully a moment ago. I'll still read them, though. Matthew 5, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain and sat down and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the sad, for they will be consoled. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Blessed are the meek, says Jesus. When you study Jesus' beatitudes, you have to pay attention first to the eccentric sort of folk who receive a blessing, the poor, the sad, the meek. And then you have to pay attention to the particular blessing that they uniquely receive. So the poor get the kingdom of God, and the sad are consoled, and the meek, what do they get? They get everything. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth, says Jesus. Eugene Peterson translates this beatitude like this. Blessed are you when you are content with who you are, no more, no less, in that moment, you own everything there is that cannot be bought. Is Jesus right about that? Blessed are the meek? Not always. To get at this comment, this uh, concept of meekness or of humility, I want to talk about one of the least meek celebrities I can think about just now. Did anybody see the basketball game between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Michigan Wolverines on February 15. Iowa star Caitlin Clark came into the game needing eight points to break the all-time scoring record for women in the NCAA. Eight points. Did she do it? Well, I guess so. She scored Iowa's first eight points. It took her, get this, two minutes and 15 seconds to break the record. Two minutes and 15 seconds into the first quarter. She ended up getting 49 points in that game, a personal record, which leaves her 98 points shy of the all-time NCAA record for women and men. She has 3,569 points, 98 points shy of Pete Maravich's 3,667. Remember Pete Maravich from LSU? Remember what they called Pete Maravich? Pistol Pete. Do you know what they call Caitlin Clark? She's Ponytail Pete. When she was a kid, she played in the Boys Basketball League. One year, she won the MVP, and the parents were just furious. You can't give a girl the MVP award in a Boys Basketball League. They have a point. She is not meek. She is not shy. She is not a shrinking violet. Every time she makes a three, she has this sweeping, arrogant gesture. Or she goes like this, more noise. Or like this, I can't hear you. She's always talking trash to her opponents, opponents or abusing the refs. Yeah, I'm not being critical. She means the world to women's basketball, to NCAA basketball. And I was so touched by this photo. These three little girls, number 22 jerseys and hair ribbons that make them look just like their hero, Ponytail Pete. She means the world to women's basketball. Maybe Jesus should have said, Blessed are the strong, for they will inherit the 
world. That's the way the world works, right? Jesus is living in some fantasy land that will never come true. Because the world is filled with arrogant, blustery old men who think they are so smart they can make decisions for hundreds of millions of us. There are megalomaniacs in Israel, Iran, Russia, China, and Hungary right now who will throw you in jail if you disagree with them. In Iran, if you don't cover your hair, they will kill you. Totalitarianism is on the rise globally just now. Uh, Danielle Allen wrote a discouraging article in the Washington Post this week. She says that support for democracy in the United States is on the decline. The younger you are, the less you are willing to say that democracy is essential to the thriving of the individual. So for Americans born before World War II, for example, 70% of them will say that democracy is essential for the flourishing of humankind, the individual. If you are 40 years or younger, fewer than 30% of us will say that. This is just so sad and ominous for me because democracy is government of and by and for the meek. Yes, in a democracy, we all get together and decide not one of us is smart enough to make decisions for the rest of us. And so we make decisions together or not at all. Have I told you this story before? I don't think I have. Do you know the names William Gladstone and Benjamin Disraeli? They were the two most prominent ministers in Parliament in England during the 19th century when Queen Victoria was on the throne. They were both splendid orators, towering intellects. They essentially, Mr. Gladstone was a liberal and Mr. Disraeli was a conservative, and they essentially took turns being prime minister depending on which party was in the ascendancy. And so Queen Victoria's granddaughter tells this story. One night she had dinner with Mr. Gladstone, and the night, next night she had dinner with Mr. Disraeli. And when someone asked her how she found these towering intellects, she said, well, the night I had dinner with Mr. Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in all England. But when I had dinner with Mr. Disraeli, I thought I was the cleverest girl in all England. Now, which of those two guys would you like to spend the evening with? In 2013, Peter W. Higgs of the University of Edinburgh, go Scots, Peter W. Higgs of the University of Edinburgh was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics for his work with what is known as the Higgs boson, named for guess who? So he suggested this theory back way long time ago, 1964, but it wasn't confirmed until 2012 by the Large Hadron Atom Smasher in Switzerland. Formed 1964, confirmed 2012. So they give him the Nobel Prize in 2013. I have no idea what a Higgs boson is, you say. Well, neither do I, but I'm going to take a swing at it. So apparently, the universe is brimming with these things called Higgs bosons. It's a peculiar kind of energy which acts like kind of a cosmic molasses. Higgs bosons slow down elementary particles like electrons. Without the Higgs boson, electrons would never have mass. 
They would be zipping pointlessly around the universe at near the speed of life, and they would light, and they would never slow down and congeal and cohere into solid things like atoms and stars and planets and Presbyterians and golden retrievers. <laughs> Higgs bosons give mass to everything. So you can see how important this is to life in our world, right? It's so important they sometimes call it the God particle. Peter Higgs found it. And now this gives me an excuse to share with you one of my favorite jokes of all time. A Higgs boson walks into a Roman Catholic church and the priest says, what are you doing here? And the Higgs boson says, you can't have mass without me. <laughs> anyway, Peter W. Higgs finds the Higgs boson in 1964, confirmed 2012, and they can't find him. He heard that he was going to be a candidate for the Nobel, and he disappears. He just couldn't face talking to these people from Stockholm. So he just leaves. He just disappears. They can't find him for four days because he's too shy and retiring and unassuming. He was 84 years old at the time, never used a cell phone or a computer, came up with all these splendid discoveries with just his head, well, and the Large Hadron Collider, too, but let that pass for the moment. Eventually, presumably, they found him, they gave him the Nobel Prize, and he collected the $600,000 that goes with it. I just wish I knew this guy. He sounds remarkable. Blessed are you when you are content with who you are, no more, no less. One more thing, and then I'll quit. I recently rewatched. Band of Brothers. Band of Brothers is a splendid book written by Stephen Ambrose, which then Steven Spielberg and Tom Hakes turned into a HBO miniseries just after they worked together on Saving Private Ryan. Both the book and the television series are at the apex of their respective genres. The central protagonist in Band of Brothers is Major Richard Winters. He was a captain at the time. Major Richard Winters from Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Easy Company, 506th Infantry Regiment, 101st Airborne Division. Damian Lewis played him in the miniseries. Captain Winters parachuted into France on D-Day, June 6, 1944, and then spent the next year fighting his way across Europe, France, Belgium, Germany, until the Nazis surrendered on May 7, 1945, almost a year under withering fire. Captain Winters' leadership of Easy Company was so brave and so shrewd and so integral to the American war effort in Europe that the Army decided to award, award him the Distinguished Service Cross after the Medal of Honor, the second highest citation in the United States. One time, Dick Winter's grandson asked him, Grandpa, were you a hero in the war? And Dick Winter's replied, no, son, but I served with a company of heroes. Blessed are you when you are content with who you are, no more, no less, for in that moment you realize that you own 
everything that can't be bought.